0: Welcome to Group Talk, a monthly podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program.
1: Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Small Groups Pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, churches typically focus a lot of attention and resources on marriages, children, and families, and for good reason. But, given divorce rates, increasing cohabitation, and people marrying at an older age or never marrying at all, there's a huge population of singles in America. In fact, singles now outnumber people who are married, according to last census reports, which means that there are a growing number of singles in our churches as well. And the age span for these singles is wider than ever, usually spanning several decades, which makes ministering to singles more challenging than ever. So thankfully, in recent years, there's been a growing awareness and a lot more written on this topic that churches are often hard places for singles to to feel like they belong. Often they find themselves lonely, isolated, pitied um, or sidelined from ministry and they feel invisible when the majority of sermon illustrations and church activities seem to be geared for marriages and families. And so how can we serve the singles in our churches better? And how can we value them and help them grow through community? And so what are the pros and cons of having singles groups by same gender versus mixed gender groups? And how do we kind of make all of that work together in the context that we're in? So these are the types of questions we're going to be diving in today in our program with our guest Amanda Race from Salbeck Church in Southern California. Thank you, Amanda, so much for being with us. Hi, happy to be here. Well, Amanda's been on staff at Saddleback Church since 2016, Um, and she was first a singles ministry coordinator for two years, and last year as a small groups minister, caring for singles small groups and really to that whole ministry. And so let's start off here, Amanda. What's um, Saddleback or your ministry philosophy regarding singles ministry and singles groups? Like specifically, um, how is it different or the same
2: than the ministry you guys have with married couples? Sure. So um, here at Saddleback, um, our philosophy is purpose driven. Um, so our vision and our mission for singles ministry, uh, single small groups, they all align with um, our churchwide vision and our churchwide uh, strategy. Uh, the only thing that really changes is the target. Uh, so specifically talking about groups, uh, we want to see every person from the core of our church to the ever-growing community connected to a healthy small group. Uh, and so we just, with singles ministry and single small groups, uh, target that specific uh, population. Um, so we say, you know, here we want to get singles in groups um, and get groups healthy. So it's um, so important
1: that they're aligned with, basically, you do the same thing with singles in principle that you would do with, you know, children, adults, older adults, kind of all the, the whole mix.
2: Yeah, exactly. We, I mean, we have women's ministry, men's ministry. We have opportunities for marrieds in the church. And so this is just um, another, another place where we can um, get a specific uh, community uh, sharing the same life stage, um, connected together, um, fulfilling that, that philosophy. So how do you connect singles in groups?
1: Is it anything different than what you do with married adults?
2: Uh, you know, so just like getting anyone connected into a, into a small group, the first thing that we always encourage people to do is start their own group. Uh, so mm-hmm. we say, you know, grab a few, few friends. You can pick the location, you pick the study, uh, at Saddleback here, we structure for growth, not for control. And so we say, anyone can start and jump in and host a group and we'll help you along the way. Um, if they're not ready to host, uh, we have some other opportunities, um, for them to connect to groups. Um, a lot of these, um, Uh, These are now just for our target of just singles. Mm -hmm. So we do a couple different uh, monthly programs, quarterly programs where um, they can be around other singles, either um, looking to also join a small group um, or looking to grow their small group if they are a host. Uh, So we have a couple different opportunities where that uh, is a bit different just because we're focusing on just that one target. Um, We have uh, an area on our patio um where we have our singles ministry that they can connect with um other hosts, they can connect with our community leaders that care for these small groups um and talk about getting getting plugged into a small group there as well. So when you say
1: singles, Amanda, are we talking um eighteen or nineteen to what age? Like how yeah. big is that umbrella? <laughs>
2: Sure. So um, target for singles is um, after college or after school. Um, we have that all the way up to our 50s and 60s. Um, the target is never married, divorced, widowed. Um, so we have a whole spectrum of, of um, who a single uh, man or woman is in our church. But when you do a singles group, do you then break it down again
1: by age and stage? Because it'd be a little bit Hard, I would imagine, to have someone who's 25 in with singles who are 40.
2: Yeah, so we do. We have um, our singles groups are broken down. Some are gender specific, some are age specific. Um, We have 20s and 30s groups, 30s, 40s, 50s. 50s, 60s. Um, We have some that are men only, some women only. We have single parents groups. Uh, We have single mom groups. And then, of course, we have singles throughout the church that are also in small groups with married couples. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are mixed groups as well um, available for singles to join. And are those just open to
1: what the person wants? Or do you guys um, set it up so that they're more likely to go towards Uh, an agent stage or a mixed group, or do you have any
2: preference about where you think they would best land? Um, It's definitely up to that person. Um, So I've known singles that has say, I really want to be around marriages and what healthy Mm -hmm. marriages look like. And so is it okay for me to join that? type of small group. And we say definitely, um, we have mixed small groups. We have lots of those majority of, um, of our small groups are either marrieds, mixed or singles. Um, of course we have some that are just women and some that are just men, but even within those, um, there's mixed, uh, marrieds and singles in those groups. Let's talk
1: about that for a second. Okay. Let's talk about what are the advantages or disadvantages of having a same sex singles group versus one that has both genders.
2: Yeah, um, I'd say a lot of the the felt needs for people looking to join single small groups um, would be to be in relationship and friendship with other um, people that are in the same life stage as them. And so I think that if um, someone's looking to join a singles group, we'll we'll give an example of a 45-year-old woman who's never been married. Mm -hmm. She wants to have friends that are in the same life stage as her where, gosh, if all her coworkers and friends are married and have kids and their life is so Different that maybe on a Friday night, you know, at 8 p.m., they're not going to go check out a movie or something. Right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so if she can be around others within the same life stage, then that provides just more opportunity for community. Um, so, going back to having the men and the women in the same group together, um, again, that's a preference for the person joining the small group. Um, so, it could be that um, a single guy just really wants to hang out with other single guys, um, that, you know, maybe a group is is going through a particular study or focused on, um, you know, something that they enjoy. There's there's a common interest there um, that they can join that. Um, the same for women, uh, but also for having uh, both genders in the same group. That's the majority of our singles groups here at Soundback are are co-ed, actually. Okay. Um, And so we actually, a couple different suggestions that we give co-ed groups is, one, it's fantastic that you're learning to be in a healthy relationship with the opposite gender. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also there are times in small group where there might be a particular study that the group does that they want to split off. Um, And maybe they watch the video together or hang out with that fellowship time together, and then they subgroup. Um, and so then, you know, the men can go off and talk about their discussion questions and, and time of prayer and the same for the women. Um, and so it's, it could be dependent on the studies. It could be dependent, um, just on what that group decides if they want a, a subgroup during a, a particular sensitive topic. Um, but I think there's also value in, um, in several of the studies that we've done to, to get the, um, right. the opposite genders opinion right. on, on, um, yeah, on that topic. Okay, then I have to ask. If they're in a mixed uh, gender
1: co group, this is the fear I think a lot of people, a lot of church leaders have. Then what about the whole dating question and the awkwardness of somebody in the group being attracted to somebody else or some, or they start dating and then they break up and the whole group is in that um, has to, you know, only be friends with one. I mean, it just it can really sideline a whole group's purpose. Like, how do you guys deal with dating? Do you set some guidelines? Or do you let just let it be? Or what do you do?
2: Yeah. So um, one of the things that we talk about um, when we talk about getting groups healthy is really equipping them to know how do we handle different challenges that are unique to our group that are, you know, the same across the board. And so when we talk about dating, that's actually an example we give uh, when we talk about guidelines is, hey, has your group decided uh, this is something we're going to say, hey, no, we're not going to date in our group. Um, And so if you are interested in a dating relationship, you know, maybe um, those two can find a different group or one stays in that group and one leaves. Huh. Some, some groups um, have decided, hey, we're just not going to date uh, anyone in this group. And so they, they've made that decision. Um, not to say that others haven't um, dated within the group. I think that what we say is as, as from uh, our standpoint, from a ministry standpoint and how our leaders talk about it is the goal of this group is not to find a dating relationship. But don't you think so, a lot of people join a singles group with that goal in mind? You know, I think that that's uh, that can be the intention of a lot of people. But I think that through um, how we promote and talk about these singles groups, how we um, train our leaders, our hosts, um, you know, to be able to be equipped to, to respond to that and say, hey, that's not the intention of this. Actually, a small group, just like any other small group at Saddleback, is here to balance the five purposes. And so we're here to study together and we're here to serve together and, you know, going through all of that. And so um, we rely heavily on the host to communicate that that's not the intention of these groups in this ministry um, and rely heavily on our leaders when we're getting people connected into groups or asking questions about singles ministry, that we say, this isn't uh, um, a matchmaking ministry. This isn't, um, you know, find your partner. And and of course that happens here. Of course, there's been marriages out of singles ministry, but it's been from get yourself healthy, um, be in community with others. And if that happens, that's fantastic. But we don't want that to be the purpose.
1: So, I mean, that it's also good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> thinking back to the ones that come up to me in the lobby and say, you know, I really want to find someone, and so can you help me with that? And then we actually end up having that conversation where we, yes, yeah, small Group's ministry is not a dating, um, right. you know, outlet. But I'm sure that that desire is there, and we get it. Uh, do you find it more challenging, though, with, say, um, singles that are older singles or divorced? I, we have found that population, like over 40 um, divorced, there's just more, more life brokenness that, that they've had to already walk through, that um, it seems more difficult to get them into healthy groups or continuing on that way. Have you found that
2: to be the case? Um, You know, one thing that we um, talk about when we're talking with singles about joining a small group is sometimes a small group isn't actually the next best step for somebody. Hmm. Sometimes it's going through um, our divorce care ministry, or sometimes Mm -hmm. it's going through our counseling ministry. Um, And I think for us to know um, as church staff and as leaders, um, that it's okay to point someone else to do something first, to get them healthy enough to then be able to be Hmm. in a small group. Um, And so I think even just equipping people with different opportunities um, to get themselves healthy. And that's not to say that some people, um, you know, after we have this conversation with them, you know, that they're not still going to want to pursue a single small group. Um, But again, that's something that we talk about with our hosts, with our open groups that are looking for more members is what do you do? What are the signs to recognize when somebody uh, maybe needs a little bit extra uh, help or support outside of group um, to help get them in that healthy place before they can fully integrate into the group. Wow, okay, that's, that makes a lot
1: of sense. Um, we always, you know, we're all a small groups ministry, right? Everyone that's right. listening. So we're like, of course, small groups is the answer, but it's really wise to step back and say some people aren't um, in a healthy enough place to be able to engage in those relationships um, and grow in that way. So there might need to be something else, whether it's grief share or divorce recovery or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. or maybe one-on-one discipleship sometimes um, is more needed. Along that. Um, what about the leadership of the singles groups? Do you open it up to other singles? Are they more peer led, or do, they, do you have married couples leading those? How do you
2: decide that? Sure. Um, so our singles groups are singles only groups. Mm. Um, so like I mentioned, we do have those mixed groups. And so if a married couple, uh, or married couples want to pour into singles, that is very much welcomed. Um, but for singles only small groups, they are led by singles. Um, We also have, like I mentioned, single moms groups. Those are led by single moms. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's not, it's not a a teacher or someone or a counselor coming in and leading these groups for them. Um, But yeah, it's peer led. And so it's, I understand your challenges, you understand mine, um, and we can connect on that basis. Have you had
1: any specific issues that come up with singles groups that is different than um, the other types of groups?
2: Um, You know, I think we we talked about it a little bit, but the dating, so that's Mm -hmm. definitely specific to singles. Um, Actually, a lot of our singles groups have shared the challenge of finding a place to meet. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that that could be common across the board, but... Um, especially our younger singles of, yeah. Hey, I, we can't pack all these people in an apartment, which we say open, you know, our host acronym, we say open your home, but really it's open a space. And so mm. is there, um, you know, a clubhouse in your condo unit that you can use or right. a Starbucks or a hotel lobby. Um, and so that's kind of a, another challenge, um, that we, you know, help walk people through. Um, it, it,
1: you know, it just, it sounds so nice and clean, this
2: model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not. Of course, ministry, ministry is messy, right? We'd all like it to be so clean yeah. and perfect, but that's not thats not what we're called to do. We're called to, to step into people's lives of where they are, right? And help them just take their next step.
1: Exactly. But I think there is a fear. Like at um, the lobby last year, even at the conference, and we're talking about, you know, what's a challenging area of, of small groups ministry. Um, singles always comes up because I think, well, most, most people in ministry tend to be married. So then that already there's like a disconnect, um, Mm -hmm. because we can understand, but if, unless, you know, we're going through it, especially now during this cultural time, um, of having older singles and having experienced all that, I think it's harder, um, to relate to and to try to build programs, around, um, the family and marriage thing just seems easier. And I know, um, I saw an article where they referred to, it was someone, a single person in the church and referring to herself and her peers as you know, how they feel like they're part of the Island of Misfit Toys, that the church is just kind of, let's just throw you into a singles ministry and you guys figure it out. What, it seems like you guys have figured out how to integrate and value, um, that stage of life. Well, what's like the, the key things, like if you, um, if you're speaking to somebody who's listening who has a uh, doesn't quite have a robust singles ministry yet, but they have a number of singles in their midst that they want to include and disciple through community, what would be like the first few things, Amanda, that you would recommend they do?
2: Um, well, I would say when we talk about clarifying the separation. So there's a need for singles ministry because— um, that's a life stage. That's just like marrieds, right? So let's help marriages win. Let's help marriages get healthy. Well, okay, let's do that with singles as well, where with where they are. Um, so you don't need to create something that's so separate, that segregates them, and it's so different, right? Um, but what is your church already offering? And can you, um, can you funnel singles into that? And so, for example, our singles ministry, we just say, hey, we want you balancing the five purposes for, you know, just to be healthy and who God made you to right. be. And so we have, you know, our uh, 101, 201, 301, 401 and, and our worship service. And so if if somebody um, isn't serving, it doesn't matter if they're single or married. We want them serving because that's what God has called each of us to do. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that we've done at our um, at Saddleback here is say, hey, the, the third Wednesday of each month uh, singles ministry is going to serve at the food pantry. Because, one, singles need to be serving, just like anyone else needs to be serving. And can you do it within community where you can build relationships with others that are in the same life stage as you? That's good. And so I would say don't focus so much on creating all these extra separate things, Mm. but can they integrate into the church um, but maybe do it together um, where you can offer a space or, or provide certain days or times uh, where it can just be singles. Uh, we encourage our singles here on the weekend service um, to attend the 6 p.m. service on Saturday nights. Hmm. and say show up a little bit early. Uh, we're all going to sit together in roughly the same area after service. Hang out with us on the patio for 20, 30 minutes, and then we'll go grab a bite. So, Hmm. you know, we're not we don't need to create a separate worship service because we're all a part of the same congregation. Um, But can there be ways that you can uh, look at your programming or look at what um, other ministries are doing Mm -hmm. and help singles integrate into that?
1: Yeah, that that does simplify it. Um, I think that that's probably a really good nugget to consider and look at what we're already doing and then see how they can be. Um, integrated into it. Same thing service. Okay. Here's a bigger kind of bigger picture question, just because I'm curious about your thoughts on this, Amanda. Um, we've talking about different stages, right? So we've been talking as if singleness is a stage, but for a lot of people um, and an increasing number of people in our culture, singleness isn't a stage you pass through or while you're waiting mm-hmm. or something, but mm-hmm. it just, it it's who they're going to be. And even while they're in the quote stage, um, there's a sense of we don't want this to feel like time we just spend waiting. We want it to be a rich a mm-hmm. time with God that's not different than someone who's married or a parent. You know what I mean? Like, And yeah. how do you imbue those values into it so that they don't feel like they're just kind of in a holding tank of sorts?
2: Yeah, I think um, it's how we minister to them. It's how we communicate from the stage, from weekend services, from how, you know, even marrieds at our church talk about singles. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, how do you break down this? Oh, gosh, there's a stigma. There's something Mm -hmm. wrong with singles. But Maybe someone's really called to be single, and they are—they're um, pursuing the Lord, and they're pursuing what God has called everyone to do, whether single or married, um, is fulfill the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, right? And so we're balancing all five purposes. Um, I think that singles can be reminded of that—that it's—it's um, your identity is not found in a relationship, your identity is not found in your marital status, um, but that your identity is found in Christ.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great perspective. Um, You know, and I know you recently got married. Uh, and so you used to be a singles minister in a singles ministry, and now you're married. Has that changed um, your credibility? Did you lose your cred?
2: <laughs> that- you know what? I've actually, a couple people have said, oh, you're married, you don't get it. And, it's, <laughs> you know, I do. And I was single before. And again, I just have to go back to, I just want to help you mm-hmm. um, fulfill who God has created you to be. Um, and so, can we um, help you join a healthy small group so that you can do life with others and balance the five purposes? Definitely yes. And just because I'm married changes none of that. <laughs> good. That that's a good thing to know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: There is that sense though. It's interesting because people feel like you don't get it. Um, one other thorny, another thorny question that comes up. Um, with singles is uh, the level of um, cohabitation has really gone up within our church as well as in culture. Is that an issue that you guys address specifically with singles groups or do you let each group kind
2: of handle it or what guidance do you give to groups on that? So what we would say is uh, we structure for growth. And so we say anybody can start uh, mm-hmm. start a group, right? Start can host. And so our process of care for getting uh, that group equipped, for getting that host equipped in a, in a relationship with um, a community leader or staff member here is um, yeah, we we find out what's what is their living situation, mm-hmm. and um, if you guys if you are living with somebody, then we do have that conversation with them about um, not being able to be in a leadership role um, and and be living together. Um, another thing we say anybody can host, even if you're not a member. Well, there's a process. Mm-hmm. that Then once they you know want to host, we help walk them through to become a member. Um, so there's not things that they need to do necessarily on the front end. Sure. Um, but once um, we said, oh, this, this group is going to be open and we're going to point people to that group, we want to make sure that we're pointing them to groups that um, are pursuing health.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, before you go, I wanted to ask you if there's any curriculum, if uh, we want to start some singles groups. Is there any curriculum that you've used that you've really liked um, that's helpful for singles groups?
2: Yeah. Um, so one way that we help um, get singles in groups is do something called a small groups gathering mm-hmm. um, where it's on campus. And uh, we actually dive into one single specific study. Um, and so we've um, found the last couple years, um, these next few studies, the, the new rules for love, sex and dating by Andy Stanley, uh, boundaries in dating. Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, How We Love, uh, specifically for singles, from Mylan K. True Love Dates, uh, Deborah Follett is amazing. She has some great curriculum. Um, and we're actually running one of these small groups gatherings right now for singles um, on our campus, um, Going Through Real Relationships um, by Les Parrott.
1: And those groups, those gatherings are open for divorced, single, all different ages?
2: Yeah, all different ages. Um, so what we say is if you are um, legally single, so that's not separated. Um, if you are legally single, (laughs) um, an, an age range. Um, again, it could be never married, uh, mm-hmm. divorced or widowed. Um, and you're looking to join a small group, start a small group, or you're a host looking for more members, come join us on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll go through these four six week, whatever, however long they are. Um, and we actually help them kind of find a group that might be a best fit for them. So we'll ask when they register, you know, are you looking for a coed group or women's only a particular age? So we can kind of get the demographic of who's coming and say oh, gosh there's you know 30 20s and 30s that are looking for uh, a coed small group and so we'll okay. set up three or four 20s and 30s coed tables um, and, and you so put many- you put
1: 20s and 30s together cuz that do, that's yeah. a range between especially with the gender if you have a 21 year old girl and you in a young woman and you have a
2: 35
1: 7 year old male like that that seems like a really big range
2: yeah, so we actually uh, lap over our ages. So we have a 20s and 30s, and then we've got 30s, 40s. Oh.
0: Um,
2: and so people, that's always the question when people come, well, I'm 34, where do I go? Or mm-hmm. I'm 31, where do, you know? And so we talk about, um, this is just a way that we're helping kind of set the stage for you to meet people um, that you can be in community with and that you can find friendships here. Um, so, you know, yeah, we have some ladies that are like, oh, I'd rather, you know, go older. Or go younger, whatever it is, but um, they are free to pick whichever table they sit at. We want to make sure that they are in that age range that they're, that they're joining um, just to uh, kind of honor and, and respect the other people at the table. Um, but yeah, they're, they're welcome to pick Kind of whichever, if, the, if you're in between two, 35, gosh, well, will you identify more with a 30s, 40s group in your life, or a 20s? <laughs> That's a dangerous group? question. You know, ask somebody, <laughs> do you identify with a 22 year old? <laughs> and you know, something that we do at our gatherings is um, we offer a couple weeks for them to kind of move around tables. Hmm, and so okay. you're not locking in and saying, okay, I'm committing to six weeks of sitting at this one particular table, where with the example you gave, a 21 year old girl doesn't want to be with a 38 year old guy okay, so we're free to move tables. And next week, hey, maybe I'll check out this other group or I'll check out this other group. And, um, you know, by week three or four, we hope that you're locked into a table and you've found people that you're enjoying the discussion with, that you can see yourself um, spending time with and and growing in relationship with.
1: I think I gave that example because we have had um, instances and I know others and other churches as well, of you always kind of wanting to protect and make sure there's no um, predatory behavior or just um dating is one thing but where there's such an imbalance mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. age or maturity um have you ever had to have one of those awkward conversations where you've had to ask typically it tends to be an older male and a younger female
2: yeah yeah definitely we um we have had that and it's something that like you said is really awkward but um Gosh, I look at it like if I'm going to have one or two or three hard conversations, but can kind of, in a sense, protect other people so that they can have a good, safe experience, um, then that's something that we definitely need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, We've um, pointed people, a particular instance, we've pointed someone uh, that, hey, you know, don't sit at this age range or Mm -hmm. you need to pursue a men's only group. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if we see that he's not, uh, you know, respecting what we've asked him to do, maybe that next step is, hey, is there a reason why, you know, maybe he will refer him to a mixed group or a a, a counseling group or a support Mm -hmm. group? Um, And then so we kind of go down this list of, hey, here's some steps that you need to do. And if you're not doing that, the consequence is, I'm sorry, you can't join us at single programming or, you know, you can't host a single small group if or host any small group if um, we've had lots of people get back to us about, Mm -hmm. you know, inappropriate comments or anything that's that's happened. And so, um, yeah, there's a system on our back end to say, okay, this person is not healthy enough, or we've given them, you know, these one, two, three steps, and they haven't done it. And so here's the consequence of that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I appreciate the guardrails. Um, and I
1: think that's kind of unique to singles ministry. Um, so Amanda, we're out of time, but um, thank you so much for for your wisdom and your experience. Um, and I know you're part of the huddle in Southern California. In fact, you said you just came back from one.
2: <laughs> I did, yes. Just this morning we met here at Saddleback and it was just a great time of conversation. And so, yeah, then it was fun to be able to jump on this conversation. Yeah. Is there any final thoughts you'd like to share? You know, I just encourage churches that, um, if you are thinking about starting a singles ministry or um, thinking about singles small groups, um, that you would just know um, that singles don't need to be separated. They don't need to be segregated. They're not um, this scary population of people, but they you know, want to be integrated and are part of the church. Right. And if um, someone's desiring just to be um, around other people in the same life stage as them, I would encourage you um, just to go in with confidence and that um, you know, yeah, there's different unique challenges, but I think there's that in all parts of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would encourage you, I'm here to answer any questions. <laughs> um, I would love to connect with anyone that would like to talk further about this. Uh, well, thank you for offering because I was going to offer it anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to talk to Amanda and get some more encouragement or um, tactics and strategy from her, you can contact her at amandar at saddleback.com. Um, and she's also on our Facebook page for the Small Group Network. Um, If you have Facebook, you can search for the Small Group Network and look for the interactive group um, and then request to join. And this is a safe, closed group for just for small group point people, Um, so you know you can ask those questions, and you'll get a bunch of people jumping in and giving you feedback. Um, It's just a wonderful community. And so you can interact with Amanda on that as well. So thank you so much, Amanda. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for listening to Group Talk, and we'll see you next time.
0: I'm so thankful for Carolyn and Amanda and the insights shared on connecting singles to groups. We hope this podcast has helped you and your ministry. Now, before we go, let's talk about Accelerate SoCal. Accelerate SoCal Small Group Workshop is coming up July 2019. Lock in the early bird price of $3.95 by April 17th. This is our best event value as it includes registration, lodging, and most meals for three days and two nights at the beautiful Rancho Capistrano Retreat Center. Attendees would spend at least $400 alone on lodging and meals outside of the conference. Enjoy the beauty of Southern California, grow as a leader, strengthen your team, and accelerate the health and growth of your small group ministry by attending our Accelerate SoCal Small Group Workshop July 8th through the 10th. Go to smallgroupnetwork.com slash events to register. Small Group Network hopes and prays that you are having a wonderful February, and we can't wait to see you next month. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other Small Group Point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.